talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Hello, one and all, and once again, and welcome to another episode of The Dropped Kickoff. Um, and our topic this week, we'll be covering something a little different, uh, even though it's the middle of the Wallabies have just started, and it's the end of Super Rugby, and NRC's just around the corner. Um, but this week, we're going to focus on a topic that we have covered before, which is things within Western Sydney. Um, so this week, you know, the, the, one of the uh, main clubs within that is the Shoot Shield Club, that formerly of Parramatta, but the Western Sydney Two Blues. And this year has been a particularly interesting year of transition for them after being rebranded as, as the Western Sydney Two Blues. Um, and I got the chance to sit down um, with their uh, head, the first grade head, head coach, Joel Rivers, who has had to deal with a couple of unique challenges that the club has faced this year. Um, you know, starting with the rebranding and the refreshment of the club, um, a lot of the challenges that they've faced, and including, in addition, uh, a discussion around the unique challenge that the whole case that is of uh, around Israel Folau and how that has affected a lot of the players that have played with the club. Um, so yeah, please enjoy. So, so just kind of just a bit of a bit of background. Um, yep. You're so. How long have you been in the? In, in the two blues set up for have you been so this is so this is I came on this year this is my first year so I played all my time at uni mm. uh, started Colts did Colts there for four years went across the Norse Colts for three years um, and the year after we lost the game final I sort of was going to take a year off but then just went and uh, helped out Remick second grade mm-hmm. and then came across here so this is my first year here Oh, nice. So is this your first year coaching, um, or is this your so, first... No, no, so this is the first year coaching, as in first year as the head coach of first grade, uh, and, my, and my first year at the Two Blues. Ah, oh, nice. Oh, okay. So you've kind of, it's, what, what's it, so I mean, you've been, you've kind of yeah. seen, like, the, how Paramount has been over the last couple of years or so. Yeah. I know it's yeah. been, it's been, like, the last two, one or two years have been pretty hectic on, on that front. Kind of yeah. one of the first thing I wanted to kind of ask you about was first the, the, the your most recent match that you played, um, the Colia Cup, if I'm pronouncing that cor- yep. um, correctly. Yep. Um, yep. How was that event for the actual club? Because I mean, you really, when I kind of saw about it, you guys really kind of wanted it to do it as a celebration of Pacific Island culture. How was it as an event? Yeah, look, it was really good. Um, I, I wasn't there last year when Colia uh, took his life, so a lot of the boys. Uh, knew him and wanted to do well on the day, uh, I guess, to make him proud and make his family proud. And then they wanted to celebrate uh, the older culture through that mm. um, and just encourage people and with the aim of encourage, encouraging people, but particularly uh, older men, that it's okay to talk to mm. people. So that was quite an emotional day for a lot of them. They had their, we had their family um, come into the sheds and present the special jerseys that we had made up for their family. Uh, and I guess that was just before we went out to the warm-up. Yeah. Um, so it was quite emotional for them, but it really got them into the front of mind that they wanted to work hard and, and in some sense, took nerves away. 
So I thought we started quite well because of it. Yeah. Um, but they stood up, you know, they enjoyed the day. It was actually quite an enjoyable day. Um, so apart from just being an important game for them, I think a lot of them enjoyed playing it at home as well. Mm. Yeah. With what, with, what, with what happened. Yeah. Um, will it be a regular... I mean, is it planning on being an, an ongoing event specifically against Randwick, or is it going to be kind of... Yeah, so uh, the two GMs decided this year... So we asked Randwick if we could play it against... When I say we, the club, I hmm. uh, asked Randwick if they could play it against them. Randwick agreed to that time and date. Uh, and then uh, either just before the event or just after, I'm not exactly sure of the full details, uh, it was agreed that it would be a yearly, a yearly event and a yearly cup played between Randwick and uh, the two boys. Yeah, nice. What was some of the other kind of stuff that you guys did around it? Because I mentioned, I think you, there was mentioning that, of, of that you're doing things like like um, Pacific, Pacific Island celebration, cultural celebration, dances and stuff. What was some of the, some yeah. of the stuff you kind of do as well? Yeah, so they had um, the Pacific Islander uh, Western Sydney or Western Sydney University dance group come out. Mm. Um, there's also a couple of church dance groups, but they did. So before the game, um, they had an island to dance. Halftime, they had a, a performance, a number of performances. And then to finish off the day, they had another song sort of thing around it. Uh, and then they presented, then Collier's mum and dad presented the trophy to the winning team, which was Randwick, and then spoke about what the event means. I think there's a lot of ideas uh, around what they would like to do. So, you know, have um, some of the Islander boys do a performance on the day, I think it was probably a little bit too raw for some of these boys to actually get up and do that mm. this year. But maybe as the years go on or, or they've seen that it was a success um, and that people are keen to have that done, that maybe they'll try that next year. So they are keen to to uh, build it up and put more to the day mm. uh, and it's sort of sort of a trial run of what they can fit in and and what would work and what wouldn't. So it's in its early days, but it was a you know it was a really good day for for the two boys and and the club. Yeah, and I think what what it, I mean, the vibe I get from even though it wasn't unlucky not not enough to be there, um, what it, the vibe I also get was because it, it really is a celebration about the the nature of the culture of the club because I'm assuming the club has always had a really strong Pacific Island culture and a Pacific Island background of players playing. Yeah, yeah. Look, as as, as long as I've been playing in the competition, um, it's always seen that way. The two boys have had a, a strong. Uh, Pacific Islander culture at the club, maybe sort of, you know, 70s and 80s, it might not have been as, as large, mm. but definitely since, you know, early 2000s or, or late 1990s, that's been the way. Um, and so there's a lot, and, and there's a lot of groups, you know, you've got the Thailand, Samoans, mm. Fijians, and so they're all, all of them, all the Pacific Islanders, and they're all mixed in, and they all play at um, Two Blues, and they all get on. So even though... Uh, there's a lot to show off there and there's a lot that they can be proud of. Um, and so I think that's the aim behind it to show that there are a lot of different cultures there from the same sort of area, but they've all come together for, for to make the one club. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting, though, that you, you kind of touch on the importance of connection and stuff like that because, I mean particularly out in Western Sydney, I mean, in podcasts that we've done in the past and stuff, we've, like, covered a lot of the change that's been happening out in Western Sydney at all levels of, of rugby over the last couple yep. of years because we had, you know, Penrith was removed and then this year you guys got rebranded to 
to Western Sydney, West. and then obviously yep. there's been the whole other kind of issue, um, the whole kind of political stuff this year yeah. around, around, you know, yep. Israel Folau and stuff like that. What's yes. it, what's it been like for you at at Ground Zero with the with the players? There's a lot of excitement at the start of the year, and the fact that it was. Um, I suppose a new branding and it wasn't a new club by any means you've had the guys there uh, that have been there forever you have the, uh, I think they assumed or I think a lot of the people assumed that because Penrith had folded we would automatically just those players would turn up at two blues mm. um, and that wasn't the case I think we lost a lot of players uh, who were playing at Penrith who either stopped playing or went to rugby league or just did something different. So I think we got about five or six, maybe seven of their players across the whole grades, really. Um, so I think pre-season was quite a lot of excitement. And then um, as the drama kind of unfold, I mean, we signed uh, Johnny Flair quite early, uh, and he was really good for us, and it sort of boosted us. And then with the drama kicking in, I mean, it's hard to say because... They don't, they don't talk about what's you know uh, what's affecting them particularly well mm. um, or ha- or how they feel, but you can tell that it just wasn't the same vibe. Yeah, um, I know there's a lot of pressure on Johnny, and, and in the end, he chose to stand down from playing any club rugby. Mm. Um, we lost another couple of players because of that as well, uh, who came to our club through uh, Johnny Flower. Mm. Um, and that was their decision to do so, and we supported them if that's what they wanted to do. Uh, you know, you don't, you can't make anyone play rugby. Mm. Uh, and so I think we went through just after mid-season. We went through a bit of turmoil where uh, a number of our first and second row players had pulled out, mm. uh, and sort of some guys understood why, some guys didn't understand why. And it took a number of weeks, and it took a toll on them. But it probably took four weeks to get over that. Mm. And what I mean, get over not not get over the players themselves because they they missed and Johnny and uh, Paul Simone were a big part of our first grade team. But just to get our heads back in the game and know that even though you've lost some quality players, there's still quality players there who would step up to the plate and fill those shoes. Mm. Uh, but it, it was look, it was a difficult time. I think some there was a split saying that you know. That, the guys weren't being supported at the top level, but then others thought, you know, well, what's the fuss all about anyway? So just like anywhere else there was in society, some people agreed, some people didn't. Mm. It was exactly the same at the club. It's just there's one club trying to put four teams on and trying to all move in the same direction. Mm. So it was it was quite it was quite difficult for for a couple of weeks there, especially not knowing what John's decision was going to be. Yeah, and I mean, it's look, it's like you've already mentioned, it's it, it is a very complicated and conflicting topic, and it's one that you know a lot of people have already examined and gone into a lot. Yeah, think, you know, right? Absolutely. It doesn't benefit to go into into it kind of any more here. It's but it's kind of interesting to see the nature of the fallout of decisions like that. I think people say uh, you can see um, to an extent that yeah, okay, so. Uh, Israel Flowers quit and that's going to have an impact on the Waratahs or impact on uh, Rugby Australia and, and, and everyone can see that. Mm. What people don't see is in that, that flow-on effect of how that's affected players who uh, may have a relationship with him or his family 
or players who, who feel the same way who then are not as interested in playing rugby union anymore. Mm. Um, and whether it's, uh, for whatever reason, have decided that they'll also cease playing rugby. Now that, you know, and a lot of people wouldn't have known about it because they were only playing club rugby, but to them that made a difference and then that, that mattered. Mm. Uh, and that didn't affect anyone else but our own club, which then had, which then had a flow-on effect in every grade and then made, you know, it, it, there's not a ton of players there. So if you're losing sort of three or four players from your top grade, you've just got to fill them in and then you've got to fill, you know, seconds fills in the first, thirds in the seconds, fourths in the thirds. Mm. And it has an impact on numbers and player depth and, and everything else. Yeah. Do you think that particularly, like, given the, the actual specific nature of, of this issue that, I mean, I know that you can only really speak for the experience you have had at the two Blues, but that it's affected, you know, how it is, how people in Western Sydney or people specifically in Parramatta play and view the game? Yeah. I mean, it's, look, it's hard to say in terms of... No one spoke about directly, and that was the... Not the funny thing, but that was the weird thing, that no one ever came out, and and it was something that I was very mindful of, never to broach directly with Johnny unless he wanted... Johnny Foley, unless he wanted to bring it up. Mm. So as long as... And we, we talked to him all the time, and, and as long as he was doing okay mentally and physically, then... Uh, and he was happy, then, then I was happy. Mm. Just the same as any, any player would be. And then... Um, there was a you know quite a quick decision made and then it flowed on. But I, I do think that um, I think some people felt betrayed. Uh, some people thought if it was if it was other people, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't made, wouldn't have made a, a difference. Uh, but that was that's never been openly spoken about. Mm. Um, you just um, you get that sense by the fact that they they stopped coming, they stopped communicating, they mm. stopped coming to watch the games. Um, and they stopped supporting the club. Mm. Now, the only way that they can they can show their support, if it is indeed that they are supporting what was going on on um, Flowers' side of things, is to take themselves away from the game. Mm. Yeah, so, so yeah, you, you kind of mentioned how, like, it, for a couple of weeks, particularly when it comes came to the playing side of things, um, that it's that it was quite it was quite tough for the club and i know that you know this yep. season has been it's been a, a a season of kind of ups like ups and downs i think because you you got a really good win against southern districts but yeah yeah um but the ha, in terms of how it's gone since that tough couple of weeks have you guys been able to to bounce back or in in kind of at least with the not not necess- like necessarily in results but i mean like with the culture off the off the field with the culture yeah Mm. Uh, so about three weeks ago, before our, um, I think it was before our Sydney Uni game or, or the one before that, but just around our Sydney Uni game, about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, we were sort of first and second grade aside, uh, maybe first grade had a team dinner, um, cut training short, and just had a very honest chat mm. and spoke about, look, boys, it's confirmed. Um, the other boys are not sort of just standing down. They are not coming back. Uh, and as unfortunate as that is, we've all now got to put our best foot forward. And if anyone else in this room has an issue or isn't keen on playing with this team and this club, 
then that's not a problem. But you need to tell us now because we've had too many people, we've had too many disappointments with this group. Mm. And, you know, they're, they're a great group of guys who are committing themselves the first grade team and the guys they deal with are committing themselves every week to training and every week to games mm. for little reward in terms of wins. Um, and that's quite obvious because you look at the ladder. Mm. And it's hard to get them up. But when... When I had to go around the circle, uh, so I gave my time to talk and people said their piece. Uh, and we just made a decision that if anyone is going to remain this group after tonight and after that dinner, that you are fully committed to everyone that's in that team and you're fully committed to moving that team and essentially the club forward. And I think since that point, we took our mind off what had happened onto what we had to do. So there's no point dwelling that we've lost these players it's hurt us. Our player depth has probably hurt all, all, uh, a fair bit. Um, to this is the job that's in front of us. These are the players that are filling that position, and we trust those players. Mm. So if you've come in and filling the positions that we've lost in first grade, and people are worrying about who we've lost rather than about who we've got, it doesn't make those players feel very good either. Mm. Um, and so the attention's turned on to everyone working together. Um, everyone moving towards the same goal and just trusting one another. Mm. And I think it, I particularly noticed, look, we came out very poor in the first half against Sydney Uni. Uh, we had a very stern chat at half-time. I think from that point onwards as well, uh, things changed a little bit. They got on with the job. Uh, they did well against uh, Randwick and for the life of me, I can't remember who we played before Sydney Uni but uh, you know for the last three games I think they've really picked themselves up mm. uh, and really moving in the, in the right direction and this week is another test mm. against uh, you know the team coming first in the competition mm. yeah so do you think I mean even though uh, like well I mean I know the first grade has struggled a bit but has it yeah. yielded at least not necessarily in the way of just results but the yeah. fact that there's a, a more positive vibe around the club that it's fed back into that mentality of it's okay to kind of speak and be open about this and talk about this? Yeah, look, I hope so. A lot of guys, um, we made it very clear that if you wanted answers, don't don't come to me uh, or another one of the coaches and ask why these guys left. Uh, if you don't understand it yourself, then just ask the boys directly. Mm. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that, and they will tell you. They're happy to tell you. Mm. But it wasn't for us to speak on their behalf, mm, yeah. uh, rather than to tell them. So I, I think it lifted the mood of everyone, uh, and just to know that if it doesn't matter, and we made it very clear, it doesn't matter if it was you're affected by something that you uh, feel you've been attacked by, or if it's something outside of of rugby that is annoying you or affecting you or bringing you down. It doesn't do anyone any good. And this, it was a really good message leading into the Collier Cup as well. Mm. So it, it seemed to lighten their load a little bit, um, take a little bit of pressure off them, uh, made them a little bit happier. We, I did change up training a little bit uh, mm. across the board. All coaches changed up training. So we're not so. So we just weren't so serious that week as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's always been look. We always knew it was going to be a hard year, but I think in in the mid mid-season when all this was going on and it was affecting our performance and I, I truly do think it did affect our performance in first grade mm. that we were focusing on the results of first grade at that time mm. not not what we had the 
rest of the time of this is the process that we need to go through to get our patterns right or get our defence right or get our line-outs right or whatever it might be. Uh, and this is how we improve moving forward to, oh, we lost and we should have played better in that game. Mm. So it, it, it sort of helps us ref- help the players but also me refocus everything. What am I really there for? What is our aim? What essentially are we trying to do here? Mm, yeah. uh, and, and if I truly believe that if I've gone there for the reason that I thought I went there for, then it doesn't matter who's playing that position, it's our aim to make them better uh, or the best they can be at that, at that position. Yeah. And a kind of, that's a, it's a kind of the, what you've touched on there leads on to kind of the next thing I wanted to ask you. Because, I mean, even though it sounds like that there has been a, a big, honest discussion around this at the club and that it has improved yeah. the 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 vibe at the club and 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 at least the players are wanting to play. It did still have a big impact on the season um, for you guys in terms of performance and results. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, it did. That's not saying that that we that any of our losses are contributed to that. So that's mm. not that's not to use that as an excuse to say this is why we lost. Yeah, uh, this is why we've had a poor year. Um, I definitely wouldn't use anything to. To justify any of our results, mm. it did have it definitely had an impact on the coaches, the players, the club as a whole. Mm. Uh, and there was, you know, I'd, particularly, so I think it was just after halfway through the season. It was a, it was a rough four weeks for everyone. Mm. Um, but being rough, I mean, every every club goes through a rough situation. Mm. Again, it happened because guys weren't in their best frame of mind. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's, uh, you know, will they stay? Will they go? What's going to happen? You know, players. And as soon as one of them wouldn't come to training, like if Johnny was training because of Waratah's training, well, has he left us? Has he not left us? Mm. What's going on? So even though those questions have been asked and it did affect the team, I definitely wouldn't blame our losses on it, so to speak. Mm. Uh, it, It didn't contribute. Didn't help in any way, but we they still had to go out there and do the job and yeah. perform as they should have, mm. which we didn't. Okay, yeah. So, um, in terms of kind of, I mean, considering it, it was quite a, a difficult position um, for you guys to be in. Um, yep. What was kind of the response from uh, the organisers of of the competition, like Sydney Rugby Union and? Kind of the shoot shield on this, um, because I mean it is. I mean it is. I get a, a, a really difficult topic to cover, um, but obviously there was a period where you know you guys were were struggling quite a bit. No, look, look, uh, and not that I really have as a head coach. I, you know, I talk to our management, I talk to our board, mm. uh, talk to the competition director about anything particularly if we need to. Um, and she's been extremely helpful throughout the entire year. Mm. But in terms of you know, New South Wales rugby or, or anyone contacting us, I, 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 I can't say that I had any contact. I can't say that we had um, anyone feeding to the club to comment on us losing players or us losing those particular first-grade players. Mm. Uh, maybe our general manager did, but I don't know about that either, and I'm pretty sure he would have told us. So I don't know of any particular conversations um, yeah. and I'm not saying there wasn't any but I just don't know of any and I personally haven't had any mm. uh, with, from New South Wales Rugby or Sydney Rugby to their club mm. about what happened about what was going on mm. um, and, and again I made it very very clear that 
what I didn't want to do, and the club put it out on Facebook when the boys confirmed that they were definitely leaving, that's why definitely not coming back, mm. that they left for personal reasons. Yeah. What we didn't want to say is they left for religious reasons, um, mm. which is, you know, if that's, if that's why they left, that was fine, but I wanted to say, we wanted, sorry, the club wanted to say it was for personal reasons. Um, now, it, it's not a small thing. I, I think that anyone who loses three of their first grade players, mm. especially at, at a club which is struggling, that's a big thing for any club. Mm. And it was a big thing for us. Mm. But I personally uh, didn't receive any communication and haven't been told by our general manager or our president that they did either. Mm. Uh, they, they may have, but I, you know, I can't answer that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, I mean, it seems to me like it is quite a, you know, even though the season is still to, it's still to go, that the club is in a, a more better mental space around dealing with it. I mean, but, it, I mean, obviously the topic itself um, isn't going away anytime soon because it looks set to be played out in the courts. Going forward, kind of, what's Parramatta's, what's the Two Blues approach to this? Just kind of very much a case of keeping this, uh, keeping the conversation as as open and as honest as possible um, with the players? Yeah, I, I think it, it would be the same as any clubs, really, just to support the players and make sure that they're, they're happy in what they're doing. Uh, if they're comfortable off the field and happy off the field, then they'll perform for you better on the field. Mm. Um, you know, it was told that when I first started coaching, and I, and I know that's a common saying amongst some elite level coaches and it is definitely true so the more open we can be in players approaching us with any difficulty whether it's about this or not mm. uh, I, th- I think is the most important thing going forward uh, it's ensuring that uh, the boys that we did have playing for us who you care for well you care for every player that mm. plays for you and, you and you want the best for every player but they're okay regardless now whether they're playing for us or not to me it doesn't matter uh, in terms of their sort of their health and how they're going, so you want to make sure that they're going. You always want to have an open door policy. It's the same as any player that leaves. Mm. If if they got to the start of next year and they decided uh, that playing football is what they want to do again, mm. then they're most welcome to come back. It's same as anyone, and it doesn't matter whether you're playing fourth grade or playing first grade. If if you left. For a particular reason, for personal reasons, and you're upfront in that, um, and and most of them were upfront in why they, then the door's open for you to return. Mm. But the most important thing is just to make sure that the boys know that they can be upfront with us. They don't have to hide anything. Uh, and if there's any trouble in them, they can just if they want to tell us, they can just tell one of their teammates. Mm. You know, you spend so much time. Uh, with your teammates and, and the closer you are, the better you perform. Mm. So it would be a shame if, if any of the players didn't think they could talk to somebody else, mm. uh, especially in, you know, especially in our first grade group and the coaches that we've got and stuff like that. So yeah, I think just keep it open. If they want to talk about it, be willing to talk about it without judging them for what they're saying. Uh, and, and just making sure that they are looked after first and foremost. Mm. And I think it, it kind of it, it touches on a lot of things because I mean, at, when we whenever we play, people want to play rugby or play sport. Um, they do it because they enjoy it. They enjoy the the friendships and the 
connections and the importance of it. And I think it's this is kind of an example of something which kind of um, brings that context um, to the forefront of the power of rugby as a sport. Um, and in terms, yeah, of absolutely. And if mm. you, I, I mean, look at what these boys that are playing, and what I mean, what are they playing? They get no uh, exposure on. Uh, I mean, they haven't had a TV game this year. Um, crowds are very small, obviously. When they come to home games, they have improved in the last couple of weeks. Mm. But the boys that play first grade uh, don't do it, obviously, for the glory because coming last. Uh, and putting your body on the line every week, and there is no glory in what they do. Mm. So they do it because they enjoy it, but most importantly, they do it because that's what their mates are doing, and they're doing it with their mates. Mm. So I think that's something that we've just had to stress, or I've had to stress in the last few weeks, along with our coaches, Ben and George, that we're doing it together. We're not running out in the field with you, but we're preparing everything. We're here coaching with you. We're a part of it because... uh, we're all mates and we're all trying to work towards something that we all enjoy, enjoy doing what we're doing and we enjoy doing it together. Mm. Has it helped kind of for you, I mean, coaching the club, has it, has it been a, a kind of an eye-opening experience for you going beyond the context of, of, of coaching for a moment and looking at you know, how you've seen and played the game for a while? And Yeah, look, absolutely. You've got to, uh, it's been a very steep learning curve. Um, I thought coming in uh, with the other places that I've been with uh, and whether it be first Colts or first grade, yeah, to be honest, I thought it would be a little bit easier than what it has been. Mm. Um, and you put the flower situation aside and, and just dealing with that, again, I thought it would be a little bit easier than what it was. Um, just reflecting on when your team isn't performing as, it, as you feel it should be performing with the players that you have and... We do have some great players there and players who have played some good rep football. And I think players who should have an opportunity, if not this year, the next couple of years, to play some rep football. Mm. That is your team not clicking because it's you, the coach? Uh, is it just taking them longer to learn than you would expect? Are you not delivering that message in the right way? Uh, do you just not have the combinations right? Do you not have the players right? Um, are your players just not up to it? So it was... A massive learning curve for me, but then also more so dealing with them off the field. I think this is the most I've ever had to deal with a team off the field, away from training, mm. and making sure that they're okay away from training, making sure that uh, guys who have moved to Sydney are being looked after if they've got issues with jobs or you know they're looking for jobs or qualifications or... Just family things, you know, guys having kids and and being away from family and stuff like that. So that's also been a learning curve as well. How can I best um, look after? How can, how can we best look after these guys um, as well as well as getting them ready to play football? All, all our guys work full time, mm. uh, and all of them have you know, labouring jobs or warehouse jobs where they're working really hard during the day, but they're up early. And then we've got to come to training late at night or mm. late, but you know, six to eight thirty or whatever it might be. So, sort of working around that, you know, I'm used to guys who may be studying, maybe working, mm. maybe doing a bit of both. Um, so it's just a completely different playing field when, when we went out there. Yeah, that's no, that's that's right, and, and I think particularly for you know 
folks, you know, out out west, that is something that kind of you always are dealing with a lot. I mean, we've I've done podcasts about that have talked about how rugby is in Western Sydney, and that often has been something that's been tough on a lot. That you you've got a lot of guys who do the shift work who, you know, will. They've just come off a 12-hour shift and then they'll come immediately to the game and play. Um, Look, absolutely. We've got three guys uh, who do night shifts, so they start work at sometimes 9 o'clock or 9.30. So you've got to be make sure that you're finished on time. Mm. Give them plenty of... I mean, you don't want them running late and straight from training, shooting off to work without showers or, or whatever it might be, or being completely run down or without getting a feed. Um, but by the same token, when you're trying to do reviews on an extra night during the week or you've got an injury clinic on a Monday night and you want that player to get to an injury clinic at 7 o'clock on a Monday, mm. sometimes it's just not possible. So they, they're working, they've moved all their shifts around so they can attend training on a Tuesday and Thursday and game day, um, but it's just vital that they have to work their shifts. Mm. Uh, and so that's been a learning curve. and it, I think it's been a learning curve for the players as much as the coaching team, everyone knowing what the expectations are from both sides. Mm. Yeah, um, and kind of a, and this kind of feeds on to probably a, a good point for us to to end on because I mean you, you've talked a, you talked a little bit how you know that after that honest conversation you mentioned that more people have kind of been coming out to games and the team is and the and the vibe has kind of picked up. I mean, do you think that you know dis, even despite the kind of the issues that have gone off the field that have been going on mm-hmm. off the field this year that yep. that the two blues as a club next year will will be in a in a kind of a more solid place as a result of kind of going through these these tough spots and having ha- kind of building really kind of falling back on that sense of community that that rugby that rugby has it, look, the, the simple answer to that is I hope so um, I, I think that when we rebranded uh, you know when the club rebranded the players, expected for everything just to be different uh, and expected performances. And this is, this is my take on it. This is not the cause. Um, expected performances to be different, expected us to start winning everything. Mm. We, started off, we started off well in the trials and then um, obviously things didn't go our way and then we had an up against Souths uh, and then things didn't go our way again. Uh, we didn't perform as we should have. So... While it's brought everyone closer together and it's brought those guys closer together, you've still got to have the success. Mm. Uh, and so it was a learning year. It was always going to be a learning year. And by that I mean learning to play a different style of football, learning to use their skills um, to shift the ball across the park and, and to play a game plan that we wanted to play, not just use our biggest boys to crash and bash up the middle and then try and give it to our fast guys out wide. Like... We've got some massive humans who have some really good skills. You know, you've got Ari Hunt in the front row, and he's a big, big boy, but he's got some of the best hands on our entire team. And so it was a learning, learning experience for us to, I think for the players, to to know that that's what we're about and not get as frustrated. I think they've started to realise that. So even though, uh, yeah, look, we are last on the table, we haven't had much success that's what they're looking towards and that's what they're building on to finish on a positive note. A lot still has to go on. I think when they get the, this new facility, that'll be another boost mm, to the yeah. community as well. Uh, the fact that, 
it's hard to have a community when you don't have a clubhouse. Yeah. And you don't have a particular field. And Lucan Over is a great facility, but it's not the home of the Western Sydney Two Blues. Mm. Uh, and this new stadium will be, or they have their own gym or, or whatever it might be, and it's their own facility. Um, so they've come to get the boys and the players and the clubs come together after um, what's happened this year, but it will take a lot more than that and pushing each other to, to, to build on that. Mm. Um, but for my sake too, look, we need to do more in the community. Mm. Playing, playing football is more about just rocking up on Saturday and I think for definitely for first grade we've tried to take that focus it's mm. more about the just running out there on the field and they've seen it in the last three weeks mm. but we, we need to get out in the community a little bit more and help out in the community and, and show that Western Sydney is is a Western Sydney community rugby team mm. Now, whether that's cults, whether that's but girls you want to play, whether that's social in fourth grade, whether that's serious in first grade, that it is a community club team that, that anybody can come to mm. uh, and play who lives in Western Sydney. And the idea was that hopefully that you don't have to travel further closer to the city to get some decent coaching and, and to play some good footy. Mm. Yeah. So you think it's it come it's it's again the world not down, not just down to to success but also down to maintaining that level of connection as well, kind of with the, with the with these, the aim of going out there into community a bit more. Absolutely. Again, look, it comes back to, and I've always said, guys, winning's great, and winning brings a oh, a great feeling. But at the end of the day, no one is is fulfilled unless they've won that grand final. So the team that came second, you had a good year, but then they're disappointed about not winning the grand final. Mm. You know, the team that came third disappointed about not making grand final we're disappointed that we're sitting where we are on the ladder so unless you've won the comp you're disappointed how your year's gone although you can take it as, as a success so the way you build that is we've got to look after the players and the way the players that if we look after the players then hopefully the players look after each other mm. and we can show that we are looking after them by going out into the community with them in which they live and doing some volunteer work for them, going to the uh, the children's hospital, going to the old person's home, not just in, you know, wherever it might be. It can be St Mary's, it can be Penrith, it can be Campbelltown. Mm. Um, playing more games, that, you know, that game we played at Camden, I thought was one of the best rounds that we had in terms of feeling like you're taking the game and you're representing Western Sydney. Mm. Um, so it's just about looking after the, the players that play for us recognising where they come from and then helping them go back out and help their community. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a, a key thing to t- take away from all of this is just the, the feeling of representation and the importance of representation and also kind of the openness around being in a club because, you know, rugby's not just about the game, the stuff that happens on the field, but also the stuff that happens off. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, uh, look, 100%, I think it's... It's always important because, you know, it's, it's like when our players are injured, making sure that their the contact is kept with those guys, making sure that they're welcome back uh, at any point if they can't play the rest of the season, getting them back in or talking to them throughout the year if they're injured to make to see how they're going. Mm. So it's all it's that kind of thing. It's, it's more than about just running out there on a Saturday and playing rugby and then forgetting about it as soon as you finish on Saturday. Yeah, that's no, good. 
Alright, awesome. So, well, thanks very much for having a chat. It's um, it's been kind of, it's been really interesting just kind of hearing that how not just the the kind of the nature of some of the problems that you guys have had to deal with this year, but just kind of the honest way you've you've managed it. Um, you know, because a lot of I know it's the whole issue around, you know, the, the whole Israel Falas saga is something that is quite complicated and convoluted. Um, and to kind of hear how you guys have managed it is actually, it kind of brings it back to the values that people view around rugby, that it's, at the end of the day, you're just 15 blokes from all walks of life on the field. All the best for, for the rest of the season, um, because I, I hope, you know, if, if you guys keep improving, then that's all that matters, really. No, no, look, thank you for having us on, and, and hopefully, absolutely, I think, yeah, you know, our aim is to get one win before, again, in the next two. Uh, mm. It's a difficult task, but so thanks very much to Joel for coming on and, uh, and having a chat about uh, a lot of the challenges that uh, the two Blues have faced this year in what's been kind of a very interesting year in their history, um, both on and off the field uh, in, t- and in terms of that. But it is good to kind of see the methods and approaches that they've used in terms of managing uh, their players, um, in terms of managing the issues and kind of really um, bringing rugby back, bringing it back to what rugby is all about, kind of something about looking after people and being there for people and doing it because you have fun. Um, so, yes, that'll pretty much wrap us up for this episode of The Dropped Kickoff. We are um, planning on doing a couple more over the next couple of uh, months and I know that Nick, Nick H is, is actually is, uh, is planning on coming back. Um, so get ready for a few more podcasts coming your way. But yeah, um, good hope, good luck this weekend to the Wallabies. Um, for those who will want to go out and check out the Two Blues, uh, their next game this weekend will be um, against Warringah at Rat Park. Um, so make sure you get along and support them, as well as get along to their next home um, their next home game against Gordon um, at Lidcombe Oval, which will be on the on Saturday the third of August. So get along um, and support the two Blues as well as supporting uh, all of your local clubs. And uh, yeah, um, that'll wrap us up for another episode of The Dropped Kickoff. And we'll catch you the next time round. But what did go wrong? I'll have to look look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Sirelli Bombo? Bit of genius, bit of magic. Sirelli Bombo, very interesting, very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Sirelli Bombo, very good, very good.